This is a 980 CKNW podcast. This is the Sunday Night Health Show. I'm Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Have you heard me say sorry on this program before? Probably a million times, which is why I am so excited about this next segment. I am here in the studio with the creator of Unapologetically Her, an event happening out in Langley, British Columbia on March 9th in honor of International Women's Day. Anna Mullins joins me. She has created this event, and I am super excited about talking to her about authenticity and why self-acceptance, ladies, is critical. Thank you so much for joining me, Anna. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here, Maureen. Oh, it's it's actually my honor. So tell me, why unapologetically her? What do you notice about women uh, in their lives today that makes them less than accepting of themselves? Let me just give full disclosure. I am not accepting my hair these days. I am not accepting my weight these days. I am not accepting my skin these days. There's so much that I'm not accepting, and it's actually impacting the quality of my life because I'm kind of worried about it, giving myself a little negative self-talk. Yeah. And in addition to being an event producer and throwing this beautiful, unapologetically her event, I actually am a personal and professional coach in my day-to-day practice. And what really called to me to bring this event forward and to create a bigger uh, scene and a bigger stage for it is that I encounter women every single day who are struggling with acceptance. And typically it starts with self, right? Because everything that we see out in the world is usually a reflection or a mirror of what we're feeling. So we have this difficulty with self-acceptance and then outwardly what shows up is that we have difficulty accepting other people in our life. We have difficulty accepting circumstances that are presented to us in our life. We have difficulty with situations or, um, for example, if somebody else is acting in a certain way and we just can't seem to accept that about that person. I'm speaking to some husbands maybe out there. (laughs) You know, we judge others, don't we? We spend a lot of time in judgment and ego. You bet. We do. And we gauge them against ourselves. And so if they're worse than we are, that makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. If somebody weighs a little bit more than I do or or their hair is looking better, well, then that just elevates me to some bizarre bar, the standard that we can never reach, can we? We can never reach it because it's fabricated and it's made up. And every time we think we reach that certain level, we raise the bar again on ourselves. We create another level of expectation, which makes us crazy trying to reach it and trying to get to that goal. Exactly. And so tell me a little bit more about the event. Who is the keynote speaker and why have you chosen her? Well, this year, we are so honored to be hosting Arlene Dickinson, who you may know from CBC's Dragon's Den. But she is a killer marketing and communications expert, one of Canada's most renowned. And she is here on our stage at Unapologetically Her to talk about leadership, women in business, but also to talk about equity and equality and really stepping up as a woman and overcoming the challenges that we face in business and in life. You know, one of the challenges that uh, I hear about in my clinical practice, especially for people who are dating or back out of the dating world, you know, the men will complain that they're paying for everything. They're paying to take a woman out for dinner. They're paying to go skiing. They're paying for this. And I think, hey, guys, if there was never a reason for you to promote gender equality or be a feminist, that's one of them. It'll save you some money. You know, hit them where it hurts. 
in the pocketbook, <laughs> in the wallet. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look at it. You know, yeah. because women are, aren't paid as much as men are still True. for the same job. And also, um, you know, sometimes women aren't paid at all. They're left out of the deal. I've been left out of the deal on a number of occasions yes. in, because I'm a woman. You know, and I know that. And, and so if, I, if you fight up and you stand up against it or you try to rail up against it, you are called the B word, yes. right? And so men are never called a, a word like that. They're called progressive. They're called leaders. We're called nasty. We're called yeah. nasty names. Yeah, because traditionally being a leader and being assertive was not seen as a female quality. That wasn't seen as a woman's quality. So when you see a woman showing up that way, it's very difficult for society to accept traditionally. And that's something that we fight against all the time, that we're constantly up against that barrier of being judged for being assertive. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes women in leadership feel like they have to act like men. You know, I don't. I'm not good at acting like a man. I am all woman. You know, I am, you know, I embrace my femininity. I embrace my sexuality, my sensuality. So I cannot be a man. So the only way that I have found, or I can act, I cannot act like a man. The only way I can find that I can actually, you know, kind of, uh, let's see, if you will, be taller than a man is to slap on the highest pair of pumps I own, go to the meeting and tower over the rest of them because I happen to have some height to begin with. (laughs) And so I slap on two, three, four, six inch heels and I'm going to be taller than they are. And it's, it intimidates them. And so I don't know if that's healthy or not. Oh, it's, it's interesting because it's like an, an outward example, an outward expression of us feeling that kind of inner Uh, not good enough. That inner unworthiness that we were talking a little bit about privately before Mm -hmm. is when we lead with this unworthiness, which is kind of stirring within us. I'm not good enough. No one will listen to me. No one will like me. They won't believe me. In that situation, I'm not feeling that I'm not as good as a man. I'm feeling like, you know what? I got to up the ante here because already I have a handicap because I'm a woman. So I'm going to go into this meeting and I'm going to be dismissed. I'm going to be mansplained to and I'm going to be disregarded. And I know that and that happens. But if I walk in in hot pink suede pumps, six-inch heels, uh, I get a different response. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't that and interesting? And I've heard other women say that as well. Yeah, that we have to show up in a way that we might not. I mean, I'm more comfortable in sneakers and yoga pants, let's be real. Mm-hmm. But if I show up in a boardroom that way, will I be taken seriously? And, and you know what? It's the height. It has nothing to do with like if I turn up with cleavage showing, that's not going to do it. It is the height. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, honestly, I have tested this over and over again. And I and, you know, so oftentimes I work with men and I'm I have a lot of heels. <laughs> we use them for to. the right reasons, right? <laughs> Absolutely. They're killing and don't my apologize feet. for it. No, Marie. I'm not sorry <laughs> at all. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So there's so many different ways that we don't accept ourselves, starting from young girls, mm-hmm. uh, you know, girls judging other girls or being mean or bullying all, you know, so you're not quite good enough, never accepted into the clique. And those cliques happen over and over. They happen in high school. They happen in the workplace. They happen in the neighborhoods. They happen all over the place. So how, how can a woman, you know, how important is acceptance in order to live a happy and genuine life? Yeah, great question. I mean, we're as you even mentioned, we might be up against men in the boardroom, but oftentimes in our day-to-day lives, we're kind of up against other women, which is doing us an enormous disservice and is one of the many reasons that I present events like this because it's very, very important to me for women to show up in rooms together, to get face-to-face, to talk about the real things that matter, stripping back those masks, getting to the real you, because when we connect at that deeper level, then we can help each other, we can lift each other up, and we can progress and move 
move forward together. And really, women supporting other women has never been so important in a real way. Thank in, you in for saying words, that. In other words, being happy that somebody else is succeeding, that another woman is succeeding. It will benefit you. I promise you, ladies, it will. Yes. You don't want to hold people back. As soon as you present with um, trying that jealousy, which is just, again, coming from your own fear, your own ego, your own judgment, mm-hmm. I promise you that's a mirror and a reflection of what you're feeling and you will amplify that. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about the event. Where do people get tickets and when does it start and anything and who's going to speak? You got it. So it's called Unapologetically Her, the website where you can find tickets, unapologeticallyhershow.com. The event actually starts at 1230. So registration opens at 1215. So eat your lunch and then make your way down. You are going to first be met with about 25 local women vendors all selling their art and their wearables. And then we will teach you and educate you and after your dinner you will come back for a beautiful reception and a stage show featuring myself mary zilba francesca anastasi nira aurora as our mc and the incredible arlene dickinson fantastic and i'll be walking around the floor um and uh, answering all of your health and sex questions and relationship ones, too. So do join us, unapologetically, her, Langley, British Columbia, Saturday, March 9th. Starts at 1230, so you can have a great sleep in, ladies. Thank you so much, Anna Mullins, for joining me and talking about this incredibly important event. You're so welcome. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. This is Global News. I'm John Copsey. B.C.'s Housing Minister Selena Robinson says she is frustrated by the situation in Maple Ridge where homeless residents at a tent city have been forced to leave with few options. The residents were evacuated Saturday in the wake of three serious fires in two days at the camp. Robinson says the province has offered multiple options to the city, including modular housing, but has been rejected. Well, we've been working for months with the city of Maple Ridge to uh, and, and made multiple um, suggestions and offers for delivering on the kind of housing that people need and that they've been desperate for. It's been really, I have to say, frustrating to, to move forward. Uh, I, this just really tells us what the urgent need is. Robinson made the comments after unveiling 52 new modular housing units with the City of Vancouver earlier Sunday. A statement from Maple Ridge City Hall in response simply says conversations between the city and BC Housing are ongoing to find solutions in the short and long term for camp residents and for the community. Canada's Federal Justice Minister David Lametti has been public about wondering if Canada should consider separating the offices of its Attorney General and Minister of Justice. Political scientist Stuart Press says in the wake of the SNC-Lavalin scandal, the idea has merit. Having one person responsible for both of those roles behind closed cabinet doors was something that governments found useful to have. So without having this strong public pressure to revisit the decision, it just continued on. But now suddenly we have a very public display of what can go wrong. The Justice Minister answers to the Prime Minister and is in charge of a federal department with major lawmaking responsibilities. The Attorney General is an independent legal officer who handles prosecutions. Jody Wilson-Raybould held both of those jobs and now is at the heart of the controversy over whether Prime Minister Justin Trudeau pushed her to help SNC-Lavalin avoid criminal prosecution. During her explosive testimony last week, she detailed how the two jobs got pressured together. 
Meng Wanzhou is alleging the Canadian Border Services Agency and the RCMP violated her constitutional rights. A civil suit has been filed in B.C. Supreme Court accusing officers of detaining and questioning the Huawei executive for three hours before telling her she was under arrest. It also alleges that border officers viewed content on her devices and also searched her luggage. The Mounties and the Attorney General's office did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Border Services says the agency doesn't talk about matters before the courts. The Liberal Party's first election year radio ads began airing this week. They'll run in the four provinces, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario and New Brunswick, where conservative governments have refused to levy their own price on carbon, and Ottawa is imposing one. The party says the ads have been planned for months, long before the SNC-Lavalin affair and allegations of political interference in the justice system. But they're timely for the Liberals as they seek to change the channel on the controversy. Stateside Alabama authorities say at least 22 people are dead in what's being called catastrophic damage from a possible tornado. A number of others are missing as crews frantically search through the debris. Damage is said to have followed a path several kilometers long and about half a kilometer wide. Numerous tornado warnings were posted across parts of Alabama, Georgia, Florida and South Carolina due to the powerful storm system. Congress looks like it has enough votes from opponents of President Donald Trump's declaration of a national emergency at the U.S.-Mexico border to reject his move. The Senate appears to have enough votes, too, now that Republican Rand Paul of Kentucky has said he can't go along with the White House. The House has voted to derail the action, and if the Senate follows suit later this month, the measure would go to Trump for his promised veto. Over to sports now, we uh, will take a look at the uh, NHL, where Vancouver Canucks were shut out 3 nothing to Vegas. Ottawa beat Florida 3-2. to Winnipeg beat Columbus 5-2. to From the Global News Desk, I'm John Copsey. Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. We've got lots to talk about in this hour, from vaginas to orgasms to orbiting to uh, prevention of dementia. But first and foremost, we're going to take the caller on the line. Jay from Calgary is on the line. Hello, Jay. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Maureen. Uh, a couple of things here. You know, real men can wear pink. They sure so, can. Uh, and pink pumps, no too. Well, I haven't tried pumps. I'm too short. But, uh, you get if you if your listeners out there that need prostate surgery, get it done, guys. I had to have a terp about three years ago, ah. and so now I've said to my fireman friend, before the surgery, I just sit on the bench and watch the building burn down. And now I can run across the street and help you guys put the fire out. Ah, that's wonderful. So you had a transurethral hey. resection of the prostate, did you? Yes. So yes. Something like that. And um, happier than heck, except the wife says, you close the damn door when you're taking a leak there. You know, setting, <laughs> setting off the fire alarms in the building. <laughs> and, uh, one more thing. I went and saw Star's board last night. Yeah. Lovely. Up till one o'clock, downloading the album. Uh, uh, isn't it great? It's yeah, it's awesome. It. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, I'm so glad. Oh, Jay, thanks so much for your call. It's always nice thanks, to hear man. nice people. <laughs> Okay, welcome back here to the Sunday Night Health Show. The pelvic floor is critical. And in the studio right now is Kim Vopney, and she is the vagina coach. She does lots of education around uh, the pelvic floor. She has a program called the 
uh, Kegel Mojo, which is a 28-day program. So we're going to be talking about that amongst a lot of other things because this can help. Again, we're talking about leakage of urine, not sexy. A lot of women can leak when they're running, coughing, sneezing, exercising, and having sex. So, Kim, thanks so much for joining me in the studio. This is going to be Facebook Live, but just a little bit um, because we're going to turn my handbag of props into a little... um, into a little vulva, but yeah. that's just for the Facebook Live people. Otherwise, we're just going to be talking straight to you as you are on radio. So there you go. There's my little Thank pro soon-to-be vulva. <laughs> All right. So Beautiful. here we are. We're um, on. Uh, here we are. We're on the radio and on Facebook Live. And Kim Votney joins me in the studio. And thank you so much for joining me there on Facebook Live. Um, so anyway, Kim, tell me a little bit about what you do, why you're the vagina coach, why is it important? And, um, yeah, that's it. Here we are with our vaginas. Okay? Here we are. In We're the studio. We yes, brought I them. I, I bring it, it everywhere I go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So what do I do? Well, I, I was inspired by my mom who had leaking challenges and growing up, I was, I, I just, I thought I'm not going to have a baby. I'm not going to go through the, what my mom's gone through. How can I change this? And when I decided I did want to have children, it became very important to me to do whatever I could to prevent and have a different story than what my mom did. So that was really what started it. And then mm-hmm. it wasn't never ever intended really to be a business, but what happened was people were coming to me. So I started in the pregnancy side of things. And then as I got older, then women were coming to me saying, well, can you help after the fact? And now I'm getting into perimenopause or menopause. So it, it's kind of been a natural evolution, but essentially I use fitness and movement and lifestyle habits and, and training to help women address the leaks or organ prolapse or whatever it is. But incontinence is definitely the the biggest one that I see. And right now, the messaging that we get from media is very much focused on light bladder leakage is just part of being a woman and it's just something you need to live with and here's the pads and just put it in and now you're confident again. And and I think that women so deserve... So untrue and so exactly. unsexy. Let me just say that. You meet a new guy and you go out with him and you're, you're attracted, you get aroused and you're just like, oh no, I got to take my little poise pad off before anything happens exactly. here tonight. Yes. And it, it's... it's um, it, we Women deserve better. Really, they deserve better. And, and the first line of defense should not be drugs or surgery, the first line of defense should be movement and physiotherapy and, and surgery and, and medication can absolutely play a role for some, but it, it depends be... on the diagnosis because absolutely. sometimes women yeah. have overactive bladder and they may need an anticholinergic or an anti-muscarinic, but there's lots of other conservative measures that you can do, but you focus absolutely. on the movement and the pelvic floor. Right. Yeah. So the, the pelvic floor really is it's the foundation of our core mm-hmm. and there's so much core fitness has been such a buzzword for years and years and years. And so we need to have a better understanding of what the core is. And really the pelvic floor is the foundation and it's part of a, of an inner system that needs to be working synergistically and anticipatory in, uh, in preparation for our movement. And that's kind of where part of the breakdown happens is when we potentially surgery can interrupt that pregnancy can interrupt that accidents can interrupt that high heels we were talking about earlier can interrupt oh, that. No, oh no you're killing me you're killing but me we, there's <laughs> lots of different things were good because for women who get um you know have an urgency we suggest that they just stand up a little bit on their heels as a distractionary method so on their heels or their toes uh, on their heels yeah stand up on their toes so their heels are elevated right, off right, the right. ground yeah. right yeah so kind yeah. of like Does a calf raise yeah okay. but um, for those of you who want to listen on facebook I, I had i just had an email asking me how do we how do you listen on facebook and i think you have to be my friend i'm not sure 
Um, have to, they have to be on your page or like your page. They have to be on my yeah. page or like yeah. my page. So go to my page and the video is up there. And Kim yeah. Vautney is in the studio right now. And so, hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> We're talking about the pelvic floor leakage of urine. Not fun, not cool. But <laughs> Kim so has important. so important. And Kim has all the answers for us here. Well, I think you have some too. But um, yeah, so I, I, I just, I'm trying to get women to look at the pelvic floor differently and embrace it as part of their life strategy. It's not something, kegels are not a quick fix. Uh, it's something that really, when we're talking to our uh, our teens about sexual health and wellness, that should be the the pelvic floor really should be introduced at that point, and talking about long term strategies for all life stages because y- you don't need to accept pads as your destiny. You don't need to be accepting leakage of urine is just something that happens as we get older or, or mm-hmm. since we've had babies. So for our little Facebook friends, can, I, can you just turn my little fun little um, sex bag, my little thing. The pink I purse. Care, the pink purse. It has it, Internally, it's pink. I'll just take a few of the props <laughs> right out of it. My stethoscope and some, t- some ties because that's the number one fantasy for women is to be lightly tied up. The penis from a previous section and uh, segment, I mean, and the womanizer and I'm taking out, oh, the I do some police work. Anyway, so here is the um, handbag, soon to be a vulva. Um, so if you could show us uh, what, you know, w- yeah, that looks good. Um, uh, and uh, what happens here and, and what should be happening and, and explain it along the way, if you don't mind. And, and so it's not just for people who are seeing this on Facebook Live, but people who are listening on the radio as well. Yeah. So, so if you're looking at the, the vulva here, this is this would essentially be almost like we were lying down. But a lot of time in the day, we are more here. So we have the right. influence of gravity. We have uh, movement that's ex- affecting the pelvic floor. And if we have, for whatever reason, if the pelvic floor muscles, which are at, at the base of our of, the, of our core, as we were talking about before, if they have, if they are losing their ability to perform the functions of stability and continence, and I mean they're they're attached to our the base of our spine to our pelvis. So they play a role in our pelvic and spinal stability and the continence and the sexual satisfaction or lack thereof and the sphincteric control. So if they, if, if their roles are somehow interrupted, then those influences of gravity are going to be more problematic. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yes. And it may cause some weakness. Uh, it can cause, it, it could cause descent. pain. It could cause mm-hmm. uh, leakage is what we've talk, been talking about before. It could lead to um, dissatisfaction with sex. It could lead mm-hmm. to organ prolapse. So if they're not part of the role of the pelvic floor is also to help hold those internal organs up in place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when those organs have shifted out of position, that can be a contributor to incontinence, but it can also be hiding incontinence as well. Right. So when they fix the prolapse, potentially go and have surgery for that, it, it all of a sudden shows now, well, now they're leaking. And so there's a, it's, it's an intricate system and it needs more than just a pad or a drug or surgery or what have you. Right. It's like a concert and every, or an orchestra and every instrument has their role. Absolutely. Always bringing it back to music. Um, Your vagina (laughs) is musical. It could be. Anyway, (laughs) that would be fun. Uh, (laughs) So you have this Kegel Mojo, Mm -hmm. um, Kegel Mojo program. Yeah. 28 days. So tell me about that. Yeah. So it's a, it's part of the, the 28 day challenges is a kind of an, an excerpt of the bigger program. And what I found was women wanted the the shorter, the start and the end. They wanted the community. They wanted to be able to follow along with their friends. So it's an app-based program. It lasts 28 days and it takes women progressively through harder, more intense activity, uh, exercise, 
but it's pelvic floor initiated. So you learn how to do a Kegel properly, and then you learn how to incorporate it into movement because that's a, a big misconception with Kegels is, you know, you sit at every red light and you squeeze your vagina for a couple of, and then you're like, oh, I've done my Kegels for the day. But you need to, Kegels need to be done correctly. They need to be done consistently and so they need to be done with movement. So what's the correct way to do them? Well, let me get my vulva back here again. Okay. Uh, okay. Get your vulva out, everybody. So if you can imagine, I, a couple of cues that resonate most with people, one of which is blueberries. Yes. So if you can imagine, either, it doesn't matter which position you're in here, but if you can imagine on the inhale that it's almost like your, your vulva would be kind of blossoming open. Mm-hmm. So you want to release tension in those pelvic floor muscles and you want to think of your sits bones spreading apart or your lips mm-hmm. blossoming, really, that's the best word to use. Mm-hmm. And then on the exhalation, so as you exhale, I usually cue people to purse their lips and I mean the lips on your face, so clip. Purse your lips and blow as if you're blowing at a candle. Not confused with the other lips. And imagine picking up a blueberry with your vagina. Imagine mm-hmm. picking that blueberry up and drawing it up into your body. And then you have to put that blueberry back down again as you inhale. And the, the people think they need to pick up pianos with their with their vaginas. Right. And so they're squeezing the heck out of those blueberries, but you're just, you're picking it up and you want to put that blueberry back down whole. So you're breathing out and picking up. Yes. That's what I get confused about is the doing that. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how about hula hooping? Does that work? That works on your core. And you can to squeeze your pelvic floor while you're doing that. You could. And yeah. if you do it in, in movement, if you do it with vibration, so mm-hmm. if you have a sex toy even, or if you're standing, I always say do them in the subway when you're kind of moving around or shaking. Right. Um, when you're adding the, in that extra layer of movement, it stimulates. Yep, look at her go. <laughs> Stimulates a little bit more recruitment of muscle fibers. (laughs) I'm thinking blueberries, that's all. (laughs) You can think of milkshakes too. Not everybody likes blueberries. But it's not about... It's not about the that there's one best cue. It's about finding which cue is best for you and your pelvic floor. Right. Which cue is best for you and your pelvic floor. So Kim Vopney, how do people get this app? Well, it's uh, if, if you go to vaginacoach.com, I'm posting about it on, uh, there'll be a link on my website. And also uh, Instagram is where I'm the most active and I have mm-hmm. lots of different posts and there's a link directly through there. She's famous on Instagram. She has like 20,000 at least, or maybe 50,000 followers. <laughs> so follow her on Instagram, Vagina Coach, and her website, vaginacoach.com. Kegel Mojo's 28-day plan, ladies. And uh, thank you so much, Kim. It's a pleasure to have thank you in the you. studio. And I thoroughly enjoy working with you in the outside world as well as the two of us walking into boardrooms with our six-inch pumps. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. It's time for the Bedroom Bulletin. I was going to wait till the very end of the program to do this segment, but I'm going to do it now. Uh, I just want to say that I did give away one of my trade secrets tonight. (laughs) And I'm getting nothing but abuse for that. But you know what? You might want to take those pumps, ladies, and you just strut your stuff straight into your bedroom, okay? And that can help with my the subject of this segment, which is layering. So I'm not sure if you know what layering is. Oh, by the way, if you want to give me a call, the number to call is one 399 9898 Or you can email me, talk at com. You can email me anytime, all during the week, too. I'll answer it then. So, you know, there are so many uh, women who have difficulty experiencing orgasm, and that's just such a shame. The circumstances may not be correct. It may not be the right partner. The touch may be less than sensational or sensual. And so this can lead to uh, a large disappointment at the end. And so there's also some... 
information out there that the journey is just as good as the destination. I disagree. The journey, ever so important, certainly does not trump the destination. The destination is, of course, critical, and that is the the end, just after the plateau, after you have responded, you've had your arousal response to desire, whatever that is, be a person, a visual, a fantasy, a movie, porn, whatever you respond to, a sex toy. Um, it's critical that layering is means it's not just about one thing. It's certainly not about traditional types of sexual experiences like the traditional penis in vagina or PIV sex or fingers in vagina if you're in a same-sex relationship. But you see that on uh, in movies uh, quite a bit. All of a sudden, you know, the there's the the eye to eye and then there's the passionate kiss that lasts briefly the skirt is lifted up uh the penis is inserted and you know what quite frankly it's a fake sex scene so don't go for that my friends but i want to tell you um about a way to help yourself experience an orgasm and also if you're in a relationship with somebody or if you're in bed with somebody, what is going to make you reach nirvana? Uh, because it's important, you know, it is important that women experience orgasm as well. And oftentimes women believe, shockingly enough, that sex is for men or sex is about servicing the man. And I'm here to tell you, ladies, sex is for you too, okay? And I can't believe it, but I have to tell people in my clinical practice that when I say that, sex is for you, and I actually learned that from a patient. I said that to a patient one time after she had split up with this abusive, angry guy that she was, uh, wasn't was even attracted to when she first married him. Um, and I, she wanted to get back with him, or she thought she wanted to get back with him. She actually came to me because she wanted to get her mojo back. And uh, she wanted to get her mojo back. And uh, so then she said, well, do you ever have couples get together? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't think you wanted to get back together with this alcoholic, angry, abusive cheater. Um, but sure, I'll help you get back with him if you like. But I said, sex is for you, too, ladies. So I have Mike from Langley on the line. Hello, Mike. I'm like, what? How are you? You caught me. I just had a peanut butter and jam sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just had to spit it out. <laughs> Anyways, that's not a bad thing. Timing's everything. (laughs) Well, that's life, isn't it? It is. You know, um, I I just caught the tail end. I hope nobody knows who I am here because I don't want to be exposed. Um, (laughs) Are you in a position of power? (laughs) Oh, no, my wife is. (laughs) She works in family law. She's a great lady. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Great field, family law. Why is it always... I, I I know what it is, but why is it always <laughs> Valentine's Day? It's about buying a a friggin' you know two carat ring and flowers. <laughs> why? I know what it is, and you know it's about the uh, sensitivity and emotion uh, of a woman. But for crying out loud, <laughs> what about the guy? Right, I'm- and and so I know you're you know you're a therapist and you're intelligent and. You know, I've heard you over the years, um, and I've been with my wife for 35, I 
think, or 37. Wow. Whatever it is. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, it's a challenge, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's not listening. <laughs> she's not. No. Because that's why I'm in the bedroom here <laughs> and she's out helping the kids with homework. But but why the challenges are, are tough, right? And you talk about uh, um, the relationship, um, the physical, the emotional, because that's what women want. To, uh, from what I understand. You know, I think women say they want that, to be honest with you. I really yeah. hate to let the cat out of the bag for all the women out there. I think women have been educated inappropriately about sexuality, sensuality, and sex. And I think this, it's a little bit of an excuse. I, I really feel that marriage and sex, I'm not sure why somebody put them in the same bed. They don't quite work frankly. together. They don't. They don't work together. No, because somebody will marry somebody for a reason, I have a patient in my clinical practice right now. She's a physician. She was attracted to this other guy. She had great sex with him. And then all of a sudden, the thought came into her head, and she was like, mm, I kind of miss the other guy. And she married the other guy, and she's not attracted to him at all. And yeah. she's bickering with him, And but, there's, but he was more marriage material. And I so I, I think women make that decision. Um, but I think your wife sounds like she was marriage material as well. Well, no, no. Actually, <laughs> she is a... Uh, um, Oh, gosh, I hope nobody's listening. Um, you sh- very intelligent, uh, Irish, and uh, a challenge, and that's what uh, attracted me to her back in the mid-'80s. And, uh, Maureen, I don't know where your generation is, but, you know, in the day, um, you know, you're, you're always looking around, and things came easy sometimes, but the challenges uh, is what attracted me to my wife. And... You know, we've been together for a long time, right. and she's awesome. And in case anybody's listening, I have to say that. <laughs> so, but what's the problem? What's the problem? Well, the problem is, is that you know, when you you move along, um, do you want like, me to say it for you? you yeah, exactly. Sex gets yeah. boring. <laughs> well, you know what? Or it's always tied to some emotional. Uh, you know, some some emotional uh, test or game or... Not even a game. If all the fun. conditions are right and you buy yeah. me this and that, then I'll have sex with you. You know what it is? Mm-hmm. It's about being comfortable together. And mm-hmm. then, um, Can it be too comfortable? God, I hope nobody's listening. No, they're but, not, George. Don't worry. <laughs> but <laughs> know what it is, is that you get comfortable in your life, right? And... You know, you, you tend to... So that's where the struggle comes, because when you're a dedicated uh, mate, which I am, and you, you put it out there, and you raise your children, and, you know, things sort of, you know, they, they kind of, eh, whatever. And, uh, but at the same time, I, I could never replace my spouse, ever, because I love her, right? And uh, Right, but you need to shake <laughs> up the sex, is that it? Well, I'll is tell that you what, you're trying to say? we come in and see you. George. <laughs> well, I give free advice on the radio. Okay. <laughs> I know. Thanks, Green. Uh, no problem. Okay. <laughs> no problem, George. Nobody's going to know who you George are, okay? okay. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen to the now? show. I've got, a, I've got some great tips right now, okay? Yeah. yeah. Coming right at you, straight at you, George. Okay. Um, 
Thanks, George, for your call. Honesty, I love it. That's the thing, you know, none of us are perfect. We have to speak the truth about marriage and long-term relationships. And um, you know what? But critical in this experience and this arousal to desire, uh, this response, this responsive arousal, which uh, consists of excitement and lubrication and, and plateau, don't miss the kiss. Some of the most intense orgasms have been experienced in the midst of a kiss. You might have to stop because the moaning might trump the kiss, but nonetheless, kissing is one of the most important warm-ups for many women and taking too little time, skipping kissing or doing it poorly may actually ruin the mood. And so you want to keep up the kissing throughout and it doesn't necessarily just have to be lip on lip kissing. It can be kissing all over while you're stroking your partner, while you're stroking her clitoris, or while you're uh, engaged in, um, you know, in in the act. Um, also, include every inch of her body, and regardless of whatever position that you're in, you want to warm up her body for the best orgasms. Give her light touch, or uh, or grab her with passion. Uh, maybe a little light spanking. All, obviously, this is going to take some consent. Mutuality is critical, but this can all continue to uh, build uh, toward that orgasm and can increase orgasmic intensity while she is experiencing an orgasm. So you want to gently stroke her back and hips or stomach or breasts. A lot of women don't like those areas being touched at different times, depending on where they are in their body image in life. But this can add on another layer of enhancement as well for her to experience a great orgasm. Don't forget the nipple clitoris connection. It is tied, um, paying attention to both areas and, and utilizing different um, sensations, different temperatures, maybe different fruits, different um, you know aspects of it, keeping it connected. And you want to find the right amount of pressure. Some nipples are very sensitive and can only take the lightest of touch, while others need a much harder squeeze than you can imagine, so than you might imagine, actually. So talk about it. That's why talking about uh, this during sex is critical. And a little light pain might light up the nervous system for a deeper, longer orgasm. Again, you want to talk about this with your partner. And, you know, obviously the clitoral orgasms are the most common and foundational orgasm that women have. You can help her if you can get the move and the rhythm right with your tongue or your pelvic bone or your fingers, but you also might want to let her touch herself um, while you enhance the experience with the other layers. So remember, this is called layering, and that's for a reason because we're layering one thing on top of another. You may want to bring a vibrator into the bedroom as well. They are amazing tools for layering, and this way a woman can be driving the touch herself, especially with her clitoris and your mouth and hands or your penis or a strap-on if you decide to bring that in as well. Even all by themselves without any other layers, vibrators can greatly enhance and prolong a woman's orgasm. If you want to have an orgasm, ladies, in less than a minute or two, I recommend the clitoral suckling device, the Womanizer. It is amazing, and you are actually more likely to have multiple orgasms as well, by the way. And and you know what? Some women need, a, a lot of women in my clinical practice have primary anorgasmia, and they need a vibrator. And this is the one. The clitoral suckling device will help them 
get there. And, you know, many women have a, a G-spot and the, the um, you know, searching for that and experimenting with that, uh, going down on a woman, your, your lover, and, um, you know, trying to find uh, her G-spot is one of the most epic layering tools. And, you know, combining this with the clitoris, the sensations between the G-spot and the clitoris across different parts of your nervous system, the combination orgasm that comes from the simultaneous stimulation of the G-spot and clitoris can be incredibly intense for women. And also you want to, as I said, you want to talk, share your fantasies, share your ideas, what you're talking about, what you would like. Uh, you know, just it's it's about touching and playfulness and, you know, but but sharing together. And, you know, that is arousal building when you are talking during sex, saying what you're enjoying, what feels pleasurable for you. And, you know, I cannot emphasize how much adding more psychological arousal can help bring women deeper, more intense orgasms. And some women like deep penetration. And, and so the cervix, they like to have their cervix uh, have some pressure on it. And, um, and so you have to have maybe some good vibrations on the clitoris at the same time. And then you can also layer on some anal play as well. And that can also lead to fantastic uh, orgasms, especially if you are adding all of these other layers into your love life. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.